Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from On Sham at Synagogue and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion of Bo. How distinct do we really want to be as Jews? Jonathan, when you grew up, did you see yourself as an American or as a Jew? <laughs> we used to go over that question all the time. And uh, I know that was a big question for us as young well. Judea, that was I was in the Young Judea thing for a while, and they talked about that all the time. Are you a Jewish American or an American Jew? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I guess I always probably leaned toward American Jew, just to be honest. You know, I think that um, I was a you know I was a child of the seventies. My my parents were were not super religious, and um, I think I identified as an American first, probably. I would say the same for myself. I, I know what the messaging was during these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my heart of hearts, you know, I was purely an American. I like being Jewish. Um, I was proud to be Jewish. But my American heritage, that really is what spoke to me. Do you think that it would even be a question for our kids today? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I mean, I think about the fact that, like, I wore a Jewish star or a mezuzah most of my childhood. Um, my kids don't do that. I think they probably identify even less than I did. Um, to, it's just sad to say. Maybe they'll that'll change as they get older. Well, I don't. I don't know that I would put it as sad. I I think that there is a level of comfort as Americans that I think our kids have enjoyed. They feel, you know, perfectly integrated into the society. And yet we are going through a moment when Jews are not seen in a particularly favorable light by a, a number of groups in our country. Right. And so on the right, Jews are not seen as white. They're seen as other and on the left, Jews are seen as white and privileged. Right? Mm-hmm. And then if you to add to this, you have all of the um, anti-Israel protests and statements and then the uh, spillover into anti-Semitism that we're seeing rising um, in really alarming rates when you're looking at a 300, more than 300 percent increase in anti-Semitic acts, you gotta you gotta pay attention. But this is a challenging time to think about being different and being distinct, and I think that really leads us into our Torah reading. But there's no surprise there, right? I can always count on you for that seamless transition. <laughs> I'd like to think that was seamless, but all right, yeah, it wasn't good. bad. It wasn't bad. We've had worse, I can tell you that. Right. Um, this portion is is one that Jews around the world are probably most familiar with. It's the story of the Exodus, that night when the Israelites prepared to leave Egypt, the night of that terrible 10th plague, when the uh, there, there were cries of pain in all the households of Egypt as their first four sons had died. But there's an action that has to take place that really goes to the heart of the name of Pesach. Pesach doesn't mean freedom. Pesach is the offering of it's either a lamb or a goat for that Passover sacrifice. And that Passover sacrifice proved to be 
the redeeming factor for Israelites. They took the blood from this sacrifice of a lamb and they put it on the doorpost of their house. And according to the Torah, the angel of death passed over their houses. They were saved only so that they could um, be redeemed from Egypt. That's the story, right? That you know as well. Mm -hmm. But do we really think through the fact of what a lamb represented for Egyptians. Egyptians saw the lamb and venerated the lamb and actually saw the lamb as a holy animal. So for Israelites to take that symbol that Egyptians hold dear and make that the sacrifice is saying that the Israelites are distinct. You have to choose. Are you an Israelite or an Egyptian? If you're an Egyptian, you don't do that. If you're an Israelite, you do. You're ready to leave that culture. So in the very opening moments of the uh, ascent of Jews as a distinct people, right, that act is primary. And that's really what we celebrate, in a sense, on Passover. So I'm interested in, in how you put that together. Well, I think it's a really interesting point, and it's significant that that's the story of Passover, which perhaps more than any story is the story that reminds us that we're distinct and helps reaffirm with our children, whether they're Jewish Americans or American Jews, our story of, of what makes us distinct. So that Seder and the telling of the story of the of the sacrifice and the, the lamb's blood on the door is really probably for me my strongest memory of being a Jew. I think that's really, you know, more than my bar mitzvah more than even Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, that's what helped me understand what it meant to be a Jew as a kid. So I think it's really important that we recognize that. And the lamb's blood is a is a good reminder of the fact that we are separating ourselves and, and identifying ourselves as different. Well, let me let me push back for, for a minute on that. Okay. I totally agree with you that Passover is central to the Jewish experience and Jewish memory, if you ask the vast majority of Jews what their most positive Jewish experience has been. Mm -hmm. They'll often talk about Passover. And so the numbers speak for themselves. The vast majority of Jews observe some form of Passover, but goes down precipitously when you talk about other holidays. But the question is, what are we celebrating are we really celebrating our distinctness or are we celebrating freedom? And with that concept of freedom, our Americanism or our Westernism, what do we talk about in our Passover? Say, we talk about freedom. We talk about the need to be free. And oftentimes our conversations around the Seder table would focus on those people's who were not free and the need and our responsibility to help others fight for freedom. So mm -hmm. in a sense, what the holiday that was supposed to make us distinct, we've assimilated Western ideas into the Passover Seder. That's an interesting idea. I mean, I enjoyed the idea that Passover also gives us a chance to reflect on people who are enslaved, people who are still suffering from injustice around the world and to connect our experience to theirs. And I haven't really felt like it was slighting our own experience or contributing to our assimilation. Uh, but 
you know, I guess it's an interesting subject for discussion because so many even of the Haggadahs now that we use are really meant to help us better understand our connections to other oppressed peoples. You know, I see benefit in that. Maybe there's maybe there's an argument to be made that there's a downside to it as well. I don't know that we want to be that stark. I was being hyperbolic in a way just mm-hmm. to kind of be, prov- I should say, provocative. I read rabbis are always hyperbolic, but provocative, <laughs> not always provocative. And I did provoke a response, which was yeah. what I was hoping for. And if you look at the founding documents of America, you see that so much is based upon the, the experience of the Bible. So the Jewish ideas regarding the value of human life, the holiness of each soul, and that is really one of the foundation stones of of democracy. You have to be seen as somebody worthy of rights in order to be given rights. That's all part of our Jewish heritage. So I think there's a lot to take pride in. The Torah is talking about a people that would be distinct and apart. And so while I think the light of Torah has really uh, shown on the nations of the world in very positive ways. I'm just wondering, at the end of our Passover experience, do we feel more a part of the world or more distinct as a people that has been set out on a mission beginning with Abraham and as a people beginning with Moses to this day? What are our concerns at the end of the day? Are our concerns the universal concerns? We care about all people, or is it a more particularistic concern that leads to the universal? I I feel like it's the latter. I feel like we are better appreciating ourselves and our special place in the universe and, and how we are distinct, recognizing that that also gives us an opportunity to relate to others and to be sympathetic to others and to work for justice for others as well as for ourselves. Obviously, right now, there's a great sense that we have to stand up for our own rights to, you know, um, anti-Semitism is at a level I've never seen before, and we have to really defend our our own selves and our and Israel's right to exist. But I don't think that means we have to forget about the other issues that are you know, affecting other communities. I agree a hundred percent. But I would say, and I, I think it needs to be said, that the times that we're living in are really unusual, in the sense that I don't know if I've ever felt more alone as a Jew in America. I can say this as a clergyman. I can say this as a rabbi. You know, I have walked on many a march, and I have reached out well beyond the Jewish community, and I pride myself on that, and I think our congregation should pride itself on that. I mean, we have wonderful relationships, and We're both good friends with Pastor Harris, and he has really stood up and um, stood with Israel and stood with the Jewish people during this horrible time. But I have to say that the voices from other clergy that I would have expected to stand with us in this moment, I haven't heard from. Mm. And and, And that applies in the Christian community by and large as well. It is a very lonely time. And so whether we see ourselves as distinct the world, in a sense, does, and I'm not sure in a very positive way, or not the world, but many, too many. And I think that's really disturbing. Well, there's no question about that. I, I could not agree with you more. And I think that how do we remind them that 
we are distinct, but we are also worthy of their love and their sympathy. I, I think we do it, you know, in part by what we're talking about, by, by understanding our connections and by understanding that our experience helps us to relate and have empathy with others and hopefully that we get that same love back. I'm going to say something directly to you, just because I just started thinking about it as you were talking. I'm thinking about the young Jonathan Eig, who goes to Passover Seder and their family's home, and is inspired by the story and freedom, who's going to grow up and write one of the seminal books on Dr. Martin Luther King, who is recognized the world over as one of the great fighters for freedom. America's Moses, they call him. America's Moses, exactly. It's a very powerful idea, and there's something very Jewish about it through that American lens. Is there a person of color out there who's going to write a book about a Jew? In other words, is this how the Jewish world looks at the rest of the world? Is the rest of the world not looking at us at the same time? That's the question in my mind. And I know that it's a very narrow question, not something I would have ever thought about before, but these times have really affected my thinking. So I'm interested to know how you would think about that. That's a great question. So just to be you know, more specific, is there a black Christian writer who would write a book about Rabbi Heschel someday or about the role of Jews in the American civil rights movement? And I say yes. I would not be shocked if a black Christian writer found that subject of interest. And I think that would be a beautiful thing. I hope that there are writers out there who might take up that task. Now, I can't think of anybody who's done it yet. It seems a little bit unlikely, but not impossible. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'm not feeling it. Mm. I don't, I'm not seeing that happen. And there are people who should be written about. Jews who have made a difference in America at large and are worthy of, of that subject, not just Heschel, who walked with King, and certainly he is more than deserving of, of interest. But that's the question. And where are we now? I guess in closing, I would say that this Passover will be a very interesting one for Jews. What will we talk about at our Seder table? How will we understand that act of the Paschal Lamb. How distinct are we and what does it mean to be a Jew now that we're no longer in that Exodus mode at a time when we've actually arrived in the land? How do we understand that story today? I think we are all feeling more distinct this year than last year, so it should be a good subject for conversation at our Seder tables. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs>